I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Criminal minded, you been blinded. Looking for a style like me, you can't find it. They are the audience. I am the lyricist. Sometimes the suckers on the side gotta hear this. Page, a rage. I'm not in the cage. Free as a bird, I fly up out the on, I fly up out on stage. Ain't here for no fronting. Just say a little something. Your suckers don't like me cause you're all about nothing. However, I'm really fascinating to the letter. My all around performance gets better and better. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Tips Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on a Saturday for feedback show mm-hmm. and the last show that everybody's going to get for a week. Yes. Game of Thrones taking a week off and our ass is too. <laughs> yeah, because uh, y'all, I, I, I ain't really been paying attention, but we've been grinding for like a few, literally a few months straight with like no time off. Yeah. So it's 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 time to take a break. You guys enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, all your barbecues and cookouts and fish fries and whatever else you're doing. And you're going to the beach, you're spending some time with your kids. And this is give the people to, to be like, well, I'm always behind. Well, you have a week to catch your ass up. Yeah. People always complain about being behind and all this shit. And, uh, you know, uh, we even had somebody tell us, like, you know, you guys do deserve a vacation. You guys been working so hard. Um but you know y'all need to get back to work on mr show i was like damn slay y'all worse than donald sterling i know tied was whipping chains at us you know <laughs> just just mm-mm. y'all can't take no time off yeah i need to i need to catch my breath man uh i looked the other day and we have 180 uh bonus shows like spinoff shows oh shit a hundred eight. We almost did two hundred. Like this, I didn't realize it was that much. It's only been a year since we started the spinoff show. Yeah, it has been a year. When we start May of last year, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred and eighty. That is an insane figure. We've been on our ground, and uh, like I said, it's it's a lot, y'all. We thank you for everybody that's signing up for premium. Everybody that was premium at one period of time and is not. We thank you for you guys' support. We thank you for the guys that's considering it for you. This. Uh, 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 waiting on that job promotion. You gonna get that job? I'm telling you know. I'm, I'm, I'm just claiming it. You gonna get that job? You gonna get that raise? That promotion? You in school? Uh, keep working hard because our thing is that uh, we live off of you guys' support. So we thank everybody that's uh, doing it. And even if you don't have the money for premium, we thank everybody for pushing us on um Stitcher, pushing us on Facebook, pushing us on Google Plus and other other platforms because they get people out there that may be able to pay in in in, in the place that you can't. So I mean, it's it's been like a wild ride, and it's hard to believe that we've been premium for over a year, and we literally could not have done it without each and every one of you guys' support. Yeah, and um, you know, I still think there's a couple shows I'm gonna be a guest on and stuff. Um, so people will be seeing us around. Um, oh yeah. You know, it's not like we're going anywhere this mm-hmm. week, but sometimes you just men- need to mentally decompress. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, we just go, 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 uh, so much that, uh, you know, we just need a little bit of, uh, a break, um, mentally. Uh, and it helps you stay sharper. And then plus half of this job is scheduling shit. And I haven't really had time to schedule a lot of things, nope. uh, with people that we like to coordinate with. Yep, so, and you guess know. didn't like, yes, yeah, like people that I would like to have, probably people you would like to have where, you you know people had to realize a lot of people that y'all even ask a request you be like behind the scenes we like nigga we be trying to get get up with them for three months or eight months or however long but emails and phone calls and google chat like some some people are just not simple to tie down 
and with time off we can schedule that stuff to, and literally to bring you guys better shows when we do come back yeah and also i mean it's uh you know in addition to that you have your business side of stuff where mm-hmm. it's constantly emails and shit like that i was on the phone at like one in the morning last night getting something taken care of so like you know there's just always shit to do anyway but sometimes you just need a break and i think the audience needs a break sometimes and yeah we'll miss a few crazy stories here and there but crazy shit constantly happens yeah and uh we'll catch you know what we can and try to cover the major things we get back but Mm -hmm. uh most importantly man we just want to thank everybody that sticks with the show and continues to support the show and show us love man um and that's what the feedback show is all about um you can find the show at theblackouttips.com, um, or iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podomatic. Just search the Blackout Who Tips. Um, don't forget, um, I also put a link in the chat at the current topic above my head and Karen's head. Um, friend of the show, Najayla Reed, uh, had some issues. Um, like she lost her job, unemployment got rejected. So she's oh. trying to make, yeah, she's trying to make her rent, man. And, um, you know, it's not a fucking game. So she actually put a GoFundMe link um, up. I put it in the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where I think she was feeling, you know, a little bit dejected or whatever. Like, I don't want to be asking people for this. But, I mean, if she's a friend of the show, she's done We Nerd Hard. She's done Medium Talk. She's done the regular show. Mm-hmm. Um, she's always down with us, down for us. Um, and not to mention Twib, yeah. uh, uh, Twib After Dark, mm-hmm. We Nerd Hard, that she's, you know, contributed to. People consume these things. We're all fans of it. We consumed it for free for years. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can just go throw her a couple of dollars, uh, to, you know, everybody tribute, contribute a little bit. And I feel like it'll make it in no time. People are, like, it's almost there. Like, I would love for us to be able to put it over the top. I've, I've, um, at the Blackout Tips on on the Facebook page, mm-hmm. I posted a link there, and uh, a couple people thanked me because you know it. They like, didn't know. Yeah, it's like if you don't know, then you can't help. It. And I didn't know because she mm-hmm. wasn't really telling anybody. But you know, um, one thing that I'm, I'm I'm really serious about and thankful about with this show is that people um, have really shown, especially you know, for a black show we've shown that we have an audience that will support us. Mm-hmm. People are constantly amazed by you guys constantly. Like, yeah, they can't believe it. Like when I tell people what I do for a living, my heart swells with pride. Cause it's like, this is something like, it's also kind of a, a uh, you know, pushing the face, like told you, like we can do this. Look at us. You know what I mean? Like yeah. th- we don't have to cater to a certain type of audience. We don't need to run with our tail tucked between our legs with certain opinions. Yeah. We can just be ourselves. And, um, I think, you know, um, Najela is a, is an example of that because, uh, I would love to see us be able to support her, help her make her rent this month, man. You know, shit is hard out here, but, um, you know, I, I would love for her not to have to struggle, you know, at least take that burden off of her for this month. So I'll just put the link out there. And if you want to go support her, if, you know, uh, if you can't afford it or whatever, don't. There's no shame in that. Yeah. Nobody should feel bad. Just but. push and promote the link because that's absolutely possibly free. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I gave personally, so uh, for me and Karen, so you know, I, I feel like you know, is is I wouldn't tell you to do something I didn't believe in. True. So, um. Anyway, <clears throat> talking about giving. Uh, like I said, theblackoutist.com. You can leave comments, vote in the polls. You can. Uh, donate to the show. You can become a premium member. Mm-hmm. People are still signing up to become premium. 
I mean, like, at this point, if you become premium, there's 180 shows you haven't listened to yet. You'll be listening forever, you and know. Bands breaking new to you, and it's and it's cool watching people who sign up for premium and go in there and they're listening to like all the shows, and they's like, I didn't realize with this much, or I didn't think I was gonna like sports, but I love the way you and Justin talk about sports. So I'm not a food person, but I love uh my interviews uh about food and things like that and you know we're constantly coming up with new ideas and things like that so for those of you that are considering it you have to think about it that's hours and hours and hours worth of of listening uh so we rather give you too much than not enough we want we want your money to be worth it to you yeah um so uh yeah man you you know um and then also i mean there's some people that only went premium and they just listened to one show mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um obviously the other shows are there for you but you know there's some people that are like i'm premium i only fuck with balls d sports i only yep. listen to um nerd you off or i only yeah. listen to yeah you know and and that's fine too man it's uh i would love for it to be like tv like take what you want leave what you don't want yeah, um, yeah that's true but uh yeah man let's talk about the people who did donate this week because uh there were a lot of them marvin b yes marvin, marvin b, b. Recurrent donation. Rovita J with a recurrent donation. Thank you, Rovita. Rovita, glad to meet you. Um, Monica C with the recurrent donation. Um, he- oh, uh, Rock from the Black Astronauts podcast. Thank you, sweetie. <sighs> I always fuck that one up, and this is one month <laughs> where I got it right. So, Rock, what up, homie? Um, Jennifer H, recurrent donation. Uh, Momani and Joan, uh, recurrent donation. <laughs> That's how Poppy pronounces it. <laughs> uh, a recurrent donator. Um, uh, Rad Film Lawyer, Olivia, recurrent donation. Sweetie. Pete B. I believe this is a new guy. Uh, yeah, I never heard of that one. Thank yeah. you, sweetie. Thank you, Pete B. Sound like, um, like an old school white rapper from the 90s. That's what I was about to say. It do. Mm-hmm. I'm Pete B. Yeah. Like he would be in like a uh, third base or some shit. Yes. Well, I'm rolling to the stone. Well, what you going to do? White people used to have to rap like that. Why? Oh. Like they used to make all white people rap that way in the 90s and 80s. Which is not cool. Well, it's time to go out. It's time to go down. Like it had to be. It always like that. Always had to be like three of them and shit. Like let that dude just do a verse. Yes. And be himself. Uh, film, uh, M. Stevens. She recurred donated. Thank you very much. Thank you. Maurice November. Uh, recurring yes. donation yes and it's what is uh after uh you can wear your white suit you know for a while you was not off white because you mm-hmm. know you have to go with the season wear your white suit and and uh don't be uh kidnapping too many kids mm-hmm. uh brina h i believe she's new thank you brina for the recurring donation thank you brina um and that's everybody for this week recurring donators and uh one-time donations all that stuff we appreciate all you guys um you know we know you guys don't have to do this you don't uh necessarily want to all the time but uh the people that take the time out to do it you keep the keep the podcast afloat man you do you do you make us proud um let's see we have five star reviews Mm-hmm. i was looking in 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 the the uh reviews for stitcher i want to thank everybody for stitcher we're almost at 100 reviews for stitcher yeah yeah we're at uh 87 so, you know, we love to see that number grow. And Stitcher is not like iTunes. You can leave more than one review. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it helps to show out. It puts us in the top 100. Um, you know, love to see a black show in the top 100. Yes. Uh, 
and uh you know especially for us you know we're not famous well i mean we're kind of famous but i mean i'm famous but uh, <laughs> we're not well i'm a non-famous so no yeah we like you know it's half famous half non-famous <laughs> and uh you know we half and half like that sweet nut sweet tea mm-hmm. so you guys leaving those reviews really helps to show out um it keeps us in the top 100 and keeps us in the top of the comedy podcast and those lists help us find new people because they just go searching or they just go look on a list and like who is this what a I want to check this out. And there's so many black people that never find good stuff to listen to because when they're looking for a podcast, we you know, it, they just go to the, oh, let me see what the top 100 is. Let me see what the top uh, comedy shows are. And when you don't see anybody like you at the top, a lot of times people just don't listen. Yeah, they assume that we're not out there. Yeah. Um, so we had a couple iTunes reviews. L. Knox says, great five stars. For the record, I've been a fan since Keith and the girl. Great five stars, the home of hashtag them thrones. Well, thank you, L. Knock. Thank um, you. You know, I'm fans. We're fans of Keith and the Girl, too. Yes, we and are. I listen to them all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely my longest tenured podcast. Like, I've been listening to them since Long. fucking forever, you know, yeah, since I can I, remember. That, yeah. What, 2000, what, 10, 9, 10, Mm-mm. somewhere in there? Longer than that. Okay. I've been listening to them since I lost my first job. So. Ooh. You know, I'm about to say that's been a hot minute ago, ain't it? It's probably been like uh, seven, eight years or something. Yeah. Um, So we love those guys and, um, you know, really inspiration to us. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they, I'm glad they, you know, introduced you to us um, and that you left us a review. Yes. Um, So, and I, you know, I try to go uh, contribute to the forums whenever I can and stuff. You know, I got to be careful with the forums because. They go hard. The forums do not fuck around on keeping the girl. You mm-hmm. find you yourself know. in a war. <laughs> you won't know how you got there. I like to get in, get out, stick and move. Yep. But like, I like what him just said. It was hilarious. All right, bye, y'all. Yep, have a good time. Nobody kill me. <laughs> the podcast, I Can't Miss, Five Stars by Omar B. Hester. One of my favorite podcasts for their take on current and ratchet events. So when are we, uh, so when are we getting this Jay Electronica album? We will get two Yeezus albums before we get one from Jay Electronica. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath. Mm-mm. Jay Electronica gonna, gonna release his album like Beyonce, where he just don't announce it, it just pops up on iTunes, and then the world gonna end. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when Apocalypse is gonna strike with the Four Horsemen and all the mutants. That, that, and the, and the Dr. Dre. We see, we see the Dr. Dre, the Seminoles gonna come out and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Five stars, question mark, question mark, question mark. From J930. If I could, I would give you 10 stars. Thank you, J930. Oh, thank you, sweetie. Said only five stars. That's it. Great show. Three exclamation points and five stars. Fab Stamper 10 says, I started checking out your show about a few months back after hearing Rod at the tail end of the Evening Jones. I found Rod and Bo's exchange back and forth to be quite funny. After a few episodes, I was hooked. You and Karen ooze chemistry, and I love your hilarious takes on most topics. Your guests have been great, too. You guys got me hooked on the Ratchet Hatchet as well. It's refreshing controlling my own content with individuals I find entertaining as opposed to being force-fed lames on the radio. Yep. Keep up the good work, guys. Premium is coming soon. Big Pro. Well, thanks, Big yeah, Pro. Yeah, shout out to Jess and Josh over at the Ratchet Hatchet. They, too, are one of my favorite uh shows to watch and uh, me and Roger push, uh, uh, be your own radio. We push to put you on. Shout out to black astronauts. And it's just one of those things where, uh, once you realize that you are more in control than you know you are, your whole world will change. I think a lot of people listen to radio out of just laziness. Like, honestly, 
out of just i'll listen to whatever they give me because i don't want to take the effort of the time to be my own radio but man once you cross over to being your own radio i mean you'll never want to go back it's like going from standard definition to hd once you go to hd tv you're looking like don't give me no standard definition it's because it's not the same yeah and uh also shout out to bo man you mm-hmm. know i try to make the evening jones it's always uh it's always a last minute thing because what happens is Bo does his show around seven to like seven thirty uh-huh. start time and then mm-hmm. it ends around eight to eight thirty. And um I play basketball on Mondays and sometimes and we start at like four or so, but you know, depending on how it's going, if you're winning sometimes you don't wanna leave. If you're losing you don't wanna leave because you wanna get that win and you know, you end up in these situations where it's like, Well shit, I'm gonna stay play one more game and we don't start and we then we start our show at nine which means that basically we start our show at 8 30 because i'm normally here playing music for 30 minutes before the show you know get the chat room kind of pumped up and you know do my prep and all this stuff um so a lot of times i can't make joe's show because i'm either too late or you know maybe someone else is on there first so like if stacy's there i don't want to hop on and they rush stacy off or um you know mo has to stay longer than an hour whatever you know or just you know i don't get on so i wasted my time so a lot of times i don't know when i'm gonna be on um so when i can get on i you know enjoy uh you know uh talking to Bo, and mm-hmm. you know we talk like that you know when he calls me on the phone we talk the same way you know well maybe a little bit worse on the phone but you know what i mean <laughs> like it's still funny and like that man he's he's a nat- very natural dude and it's uh mm-hmm. you know i'm honored to know him um because you know since the first time i heard him on a local radio st- show here yeah um i was just like yo that dude is gonna be somebody yes uh you know i like i related to him so much and that was on a show where he was surrounded by a bunch of 40 year old white dudes and a bunch of you know local uh you know 50 year old white dudes that call in and hate thug athletes type beat yes i remember that yeah then i heard his show in raleigh um you know i reached out to him and just kind of asked him how he got into you know what he you know how he got into his uh his own lane in sports journalism and uh and doing his radio show and stuff man and um you know we just kind of hit it off man i've just been a big supporter of his career ever since man it's really cool that we became friends because i've been listening to both for years yeah so you know all that stuff is is just uh it's just natural man so it's you know it's cool but it's it's cool because we get so many listeners from that show Mm -hmm. i'm not always on that show and um Mm -hmm. you know it's in this but i'm always honored to get listeners from there because they seem to be the coolest like type of fans a lot of times because if you listen to boat and you're more relaxed about a lot of stuff and yes. more uh cerebral and you kind of pick up on the jokes while also getting some of the commentary and you know that's that's what we need you know that's the kind of listeners we need to support us yes hilarious five stars by flash cow who says their weekly game of thrones podcast is so fun i can't ever miss it yeah people got mad we had to move it one day i was like yeah. well we had to do this wednesday they're like what the timeline lit up like mm, you son of a bitch i'm like hey guys Facebook post was all kinds of sad face crying faces yeah. they was not happy people was posting pictures and shit it was hilarious but uh, i love that you guys love it man honestly like that that that's a true testament that we're doing something right you know and it was really organic and i already know when it ends people are gonna be wanting us to do them something else i don't know what we'll do um but i'm not promising anything because uh 
you just never know some things just the, the more organic it is the better it is i think yes showing love five stars by eh hey rod and karen it's at rain lover 82 from twitter just putting in my five star supporting the show. I love the show. You two are so inspiring. I plan on creating my own podcast shortly. Continue the great work. See ya. Well, thank you, Rain Lover. I know you've been supporting thank us you. forever mm-hmm. and uh, on Twitter with us forever. And, um, you know, I appreciate you leaving us five star review, man. It doesn't matter uh, how late in the game it is. It's always fresh to us. Yes, it so, is. So thank you to everybody who left five star reviews on iTunes. We got one five star review on um stitcher i think well this one i don't know if i read this one yeah because i uh stitcher is weird y'all whenever y'all leave a review on stitcher it'll post the day that you posted it not the day that stitcher actually released it so you might post it like 10 days ago and stitcher won't post it the day it posted it'll post it like you posted it 10 days ago so if we ever skip one of your reviews on stitcher uh let us know and uh before you go on for those of you that would like to leave us a five-star review, you can go on to any Apple device and go into your iTunes and search the black guy who tips. And over in the left top-hand corner, it will say leave review. So leave us a review and just write words in there because those are the ones that actually matter. I mean, we get five stars in general, period, but we would like for you to actually write something in there because that's what people look at when they're actually uh, considering listening to <coughs> our podcast. If you do not have an Apple device, go to iTunes.com and start an, an Apple account, and it's really, really simple. And once you uh, leave us a, a five-star review, you have an account where you can leave some of your other favorite podcast five-star reviews also. So um, we got one that says, Awesome, awesome show, five stars from Set1010. I love you guys, especially Karen's laugh, so hearty, smiley face. Thank you. Rod14 left five-star review, says, Incredible show. This show is hilarious, cutting edge, and entertaining. Rod and Karen are the dynamic duo of podcasting. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. That's all the five-star reviews for this week. We also had uh, some comments on the episodes on the website. So let's check those out. Um, Let's see. First of all, we had a new Tippy nomination. Um, Your Hood Lawyer says, Funniest Moment, Balls Deep Sports, Episode 52. Hour 56 minutes, Mark, uh, ordering AIDS, because we made some jokes ah! about ordering AIDS like a menu, uh, like it was like an item at a store, because <laughs> uh, Donald Sterling made it sound that way. He did. We got a comment on Spore Movie Review for Godzilla. Dr. Abrasive says, I feel Rod and Chris on this review. I don't, I don't, I didn't start getting mad at the movie until immediately afterwards when I saw a Fiat commercial that featured Godzilla more than that damn movie. <laughs> man i i saw the most misleading ads for godzilla um the <laughs> other day because uh it was like see the movie that is rocking the world and it was two straight minutes of godzilla yelling at everything and stomping over stuff and i was like yeah but you're not gonna see that and it didn't have one second of aaron taylor johnson or fucking uh brian cranston in it it was just used to seeing Godzilla beating shit up. And I was like, Cause that's what people are expecting. How many people are going to go to the movies and fucking go are, where, but when, where and be angry because right now they be like Godzilla, the number one movie in the world. And even with that, all you see is Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, people are going to be highly upset because y'all pushing this and promoting this. Like we're going to get a lot of him. Yeah. But I'm like, that's not what the trailer is saying it's saying you see godzilla not a bunch of humans anyway um 
it took me almost the entire movie to suspend my disbelief of all the dumb shit the military did and would never ever do in real life and aaron taylor johnson being the most impossible impossible white man uh he was an improbable white man improbable yeah the this nigga gave up at least three times and still lived right (laughs) meanwhile death was at every second around him it's like everybody but him was dying and shit it's like okay it's like i just happened to live again isn't this amazing um let's see so we had uh uh yeah we had episode 704 last week was our feedback episode oh when you said that that's area code here i was like why are you giving out a tell i was like wait a minute you talking about episode 704 mm-hmm. it was called to the window to the wall uh we got one comment and uh we had a poll with no comments the poll was do you think jay-z should have pressed charges against solange i wouldn't judge him if he did 40 percent of people i'm just here for the jokes 34 percent of people no it's a family matter 16 percent of people say he wouldn't that it's because between family and 10 percent say yes he should 10 because she broke the law uh the comment was from butterbean i can't stand women who put men in a position where you where to where they are provoked enough to justify hitting a woman she literally backed him into a corner. Solange should be brought up on charges. She kicked him with heels and hit him with a metal purse. Even if Jay-Z was accused of cheating or was talking shit about Solange's career, that doesn't excuse attacking someone like that. Mm-mm. Yeah, one of the things that does suck about this attitude of like, well, sometimes a, women, a woman just hit a man is like this, this, this attitude of like, well, women are just so weak emotionally. They can't help but fucking have to hit somebody. Ew. Uh, if you if you say something to them that hurts their feelings, like they're and, incompetent. Yeah, and I'm like, no, we're all human beings. Don't don't hit people. Yep. Seems like Bottom a very line. yeah, a very simple rule. Doesn't seem controversial to me. The more I listen to like other people talk about, it, the more I'm like, I guess we're on the cutting edge of this shit. But to me, it seems so common sense. Just don't hit people. Period, male or female, yeah. and it's one of those things where it's funny, especially hearing a lot of dudes talk about it, because it's just one of those things where I hear you, but you know the rules, and you know you're not going to hit a woman. Yeah, yeah, a lot of you dudes say, are, are talking that hypo- hypothetical. That, like, if it was me or, you know, women need to know that, blah, 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 and it's like, cool, would you do hit her? Nah, I, mean, I, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I would, but, I mean, it's like, right, it's – Let's stop pretending like it's such an easy decision. Mm-hmm. I watched Ray Rice uh, do an apology with his fiance on stage next to him uh, last night. And then at the end, she apologized. But for six and a half minutes of the seven minutes, she basically just sat there looking uncomfortable, not saying a word. They weren't touching each other. They were two feet apart the whole time. And then when she got ready to speak, she apologized for her part in this. And it was like, yeah, this is all bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's just better to, like, if he could take that moment back, I guarantee he would be like, I'm just not going to hit her. Yep. And walk away. Yeah. Like, I would rather. Even better leaving her there by herself. Yeah. Now, for the record, I will say this. Maybe I'm speaking from a place of privilege. I've never dated a woman that hit me. And I, in my mind, I can only imagine that if that happened, I would leave her. Immediately. Because it's just too, it's too dangerous a situation for me. By which I mean. If I'm, I know I'm not gonna want to hit this woman, and so if, unless she's gonna kill me or some shit, I can't imagine a situation where I would hit a woman. But at the same time, I can't imagine being disrespected so completely 
that you feel like you can put your hands on me we can't live in the same house yeah and you know like it's just hard to imagine i mean obviously people can work past and people can change but i can't imagine mm-hmm. a life where i'm like Oh, every time we have a disagreement, I have to worry about you putting your hands on me. Yeah, and I, I've never been in a same thing. I've never been in a relationship where a man has raised his voice at me, or yelled at me, or put his hands on me, or any way, shape, form, or fashion. And I guess uh, when I was a child, I used to sit and listen to my aunts tell these stories, and I made up in my mind then a nigga better never put his fucking hands on me. I said it, and I meant it with all my heart. So it's just one of those things where if you, if I. I am the type of person I would never push anybody to that point. So if you put your hands on me, you got fucking anger management goddamn issues. And I won't <coughs> stay. And it's one of those things where you put your hand on me, you, you might as well just go ahead and knock me out because I really, really may try to hurt you because I'm not your child. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just think all oh, that's bad, you know. For everybody involved. Yeah. I don't like inviting violence into your relationship just seems like, a horrible idea yes situation and 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 it's it's a toxic uh it's toxic and it's one of those things where if it ever get physical for physical for a man or physical for a female or physical for both parties y'all don't need to be together love it's certain things about love and beating your partner is not what i consider love everybody has their own definition of love but beating you is not a form of love yeah um we had a couple comments on the next episode, 704, Kicking the Dead Camel, where we discovered, we talked about. You mean 705? Uh, oh, yeah, 705, okay. Kicking the Dead Camel. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Um, Dr. Abracer says, the more I think about Godzilla, I get more pissed. It makes me think back to The Mummy Returns where The Rock was paraded out like he was going to have a big part in the movie. Godzilla was theater bait. Damn you, Hollywood. Yep. I, I agree. Um, Karen didn't see it, y'all. I'm going based off what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. Oh, no. I No, I didn't see the terrible-ass movie. I'm glad I didn't because I've probably been madder than I actually am pretending to be. <laughs> and Negro Montoya says, dude, the fact that you opened up this episode with I Want Candy by MCP Pass, a.k.a. MC Chris from the Occitane Hunger Force, you just won the whole week. Yeah, that was my shit, man. I like candy. Any kind of dude. Don't care if it's nutritious. FDA approved. It's going to make me spaz like Bobcats on booze. Oh, he's the best. He would come back as all as a cow, all kinds of animals and shit. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's going on, my pee pops? He always has some <laughs> ridiculous. My sneakers. Oh my god. He always get Meatwad to follow him, and they'd be like, Meatwad ain't just the same dude. He would like, nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the one where he uh was pretending to be um. It was for the shorties. That was my. Yes, that's my jam. That was my, for the shorties. Um, let me see if I can play it for everybody. This is a, this is a MCP pass. Uh, I want candy, which is um, the the one I I was I played the other day. Um, why is it playing? Skip to the sweet shop with my sweet. Candy, bubble gum and candy. Skip to the sweet shop with my sweetheart Sandy. Got my penny safe, so I'm a sugar daddy. I'm a Hugh Cronin, she my Jessica Tandy. I want candy, let me get your ass beat nasty. Do it to your dad, she's embarrassed your whole family. Just cause you came between the kid and his candy. I need candy. Any kind of dude, don't care if it's nutritious or FTA approved, it's gonna make me spaz like Bob Cats on Bruce. A hyper action juice, it only I can produce. The blues of Die Jail, or a state in the hell. Radiation ancient demons, or a sleep for having a spell so they can walk up on the earth. Forget what's situated. Mess up the mix. 
mix up the mix. Come on down, you'll hear the address. Say 612 Wolf Avenue. 612 Wolf Avenue. 612 Wolf Avenue. I know where that is. That's in the abandoned warehouse next to Melon Shakers. The, the Gentleman's Club. Well, maybe we should go down there, Carl. We may as well. I'm too jacked up on candy to go to sleep. Oh my God! That is my. And what you said the name of the other song was? Uh, for the shorties. Let me see. Yes, yeah, so that's another jam. For the short, for the shorties, my jam. It had like a hook and everything. Yeah, for the shorties is talking about giving all that food to the um to the to the poor kids. Yes, he was just giving trash so he can make flies. For the shorties. For the shorties. Yeah, he was going by Sir Loin. Yes. And he was a rapper that had little homeless kids and shit undercover. It was so stupid. Yes. So it's just so goddamn silly, man. Yes. Well, I don't even think that's this version from the show. That's no, a different version. No, that's not a version from the show. Yeah, let me see if I can find. Version for the show is different. Yeah, me. Show that's that same way. Nah, that's not it. Anyway, I don't want to waste everybody's time, but. Anyway, that shit is good, man. I, I fucks with MC Chris. Um, at least the shit he does on uh, on uh, Aquatine. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man. I appreciate you uh, noticing the lyrics, man. Um, good Easter egg. See, and that's why I don't like telling people where they're at and put them in the show notes. Yes, because you knew that, and then that made it even more special to you that you just knew that off the top of your head or could go find it. Um, we had uh, episode seven oh six. For the love of money. Uh, not a lot of comments in the polls this week, man. Um, uh, did I say the results for the last one? Is Solange Gate finally over? No. There's more to come. 65% of people said more to come. 35% of people said yes. The lunch proved there was all water under the bridge. Um, so that was, uh, the poll for 706, uh, uh, episode 706 for the love of money. And uh for the episode 705, the poll was, do you think Jill Abramson was discriminated against? Uh She was a lady that was fired by, I think it was the, the Times or something like mm-hmm. that. It's probably a bit of both. 86% of people think it was she was discriminated against, but also she was not a good boss, probably. No, she was probably a bad boss. About 11% of people said she was treated wrong because she's a woman. Only 4% of people really think it was just only because she's a woman. Yeah, so. I, I, I'm kind of with the top group. It's 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 probably a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, you know, it's very few situations are that black and white. it's yeah. a woman fires, it's normally like you're not great at this job, yeah, or you, you know, you we don't get along with people. Yeah, we've tolerated it because you were, you were confident in your job. But yeah, and if you would have got fired as a man, that like I think you can. I think there's that line where it's like, would you have fired her if she was a man? And that is a good argument, you know, because yeah. there is a different type of at 
like a different type of attitude that people have towards men who come into work and they're belligerent and bossy and mean and, and women and women who do it yep. you know when women do the same thing oh she needs to go she's the biggest bitch she's the worst when a man comes in with that attitude he's a go-getter he's aggressive he's a leader mm-hmm. and i've seen it happen we've all seen it happen and play out at work situations yeah and to me both people are assholes and it's just one of those things when a lot of times especially in a corporate environment you almost have to be like that as a woman because if you come in nice and soft in general i mean and, and, and gentle a lot of times you're bypassed not looking not taken seriously miss mm-hmm. daddy 10 wrote in hey rod and karen i'm leaving as much feedback as i can since i'm on an mcat study break on a mission to become dr danny anyway that trailer was everything i agree with rod and being glad this is never going to become a real movie talking about beyonce and jay-z's mm-hmm. run trailer on the run Beyonce has proven her acting uh skills many a time and hmm, yeah. <laughs> you better be careful talking out too out out, out too out loud about that. They don't come get you. Besides, it was a nice promotion for the concert and I'm sure they'll use different scenes throughout the tour. I was so elated to see Huck in the trailer. I don't know if he'll play any role to change his name from Huck in my mind. Well to me he'll always be Scarface. That's what's so funny about that. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you cool, fuck you, I'm out. Uh, side note, can't wait for Scandal to come back. I know, it's so long, so far away. Um, now about Salon, oh, by the way, season three, it's on Netflix, everybody. No excuse for your ass not to be caught up on Scandal when it comes back. Okay. We'll come back August, September. Uh, yeah, about September, probably. Okay. Now about Solange, she has been fresh out of fucks to give for a while now. Mama does not let, does not mind letting people know she's fed up. I remember seeing an interview where she snapped on a reporter for putting her name in some of Beyonce and Jay's personal business. That fight didn't surprise me, but the release of it did. I know some Olivia Pope unleashed, I know some Olivia Pope unleashed the incredible huck on you type thing went down on the person who sold the video to TMZ. Ah well. Okay, gonna leave a few more comments and then back to my books. I love y'all family. Thanks, Miss Danny. And uh I will say, um, I don't know enough about Solange, but I would always find it surprising when someone physically assaults another person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty much always gonna be like, uh, that was uncalled for. Yeah, I'm always gonna say that's uncalled for. <laughs> you know, it's just my my default is like that that's not a reasonable thing to do, sir. Mm-hmm. You know Maybe we're abnormal. Everybody else beating on each other and I'm like, nigga don't beat on me. Uh, we got episode 707 improbable white man movies. Um, we got some comments. Um, CL Nicholson says, Dear Rod and Karen, first great show as usual. As a former science nerd, I totally dug the young woman's bit of chemistry humor in the Guess the Race article. It's ridiculous that this young lady was suspended for a science pun. The fact that this young lady knows the periodic table enough to do uh that should be accomplishment for her uh for her chemistry yes (laughs) sadly our young black children are held to a totally different standard of behavior hopefully this young lady's mother will bromine iodine nitrogen gadolinium argon uranium carbon potassium uranium sulfur and clear this whole matter up (laughs) you gotta y'all didn't know what that means yeah, I had to go find a periodic table now. Ain't that the truth? I mean, it's not like the young lady wrote fluorine, uranium, carbon, potassium, thorium, polonium, lithium, cerium. 
Well, of course she didn't write that. That would be that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, that would be hydrogen uh, alkaline. <laughs> now that Silver. would now that would be rude. Yeah. Anyway, keep smiling and keep laughing as you say nothing's wrong. It's funny. Well, they did let Paris Gray uh, not only walk, but she's not getting in trouble. She's going to give a speech at the graduation. So good for her. Good for the school for making the right decision. Mimi Foss, uh, this is Wakanda's finest, Howard. He says, Mimi Foss makes a sex tape as a child with Stephen J and no one panics, but let Willow Smith just take one artsy but slightly odd photo and everyone loses their minds. Oh, somebody says it spells fuck you. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, guys. I, I had no idea. <laughs> Me either. I was waiting on one of you guys to, uh. Yeah, cause, uh. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't have had no problem with her in the first place. Like, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's some sign shit. Yeah. Bunsen burners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She aight. Uh, uh, Howard also writes in. Oh, and then also, you know, um, that that that's a false equivalence, by the way, what you wrote. Mimi Foss makes a sex tape and has a child with Stevie J and no one panics. A lot of people panic. Let's not let's not pretend like everyone thinks that's cool. A lot of people shamed her. A lot of people I'll say, what about that kid? A lot of people think that show is reprehensible and needs to be taken off the air. There's not a lot of people patting Mimi Frost on the back uh, for... They joking her. Yeah, there's not a lot of people patting her on the back for the shit that she's doing. Um, and as far as uh, Willow Smith, um, it's not the Willow Smith pick. It's the Moses, Moises Arias pick to me. So, you know, I just wish everybody could understand that. Um, he also linked us to, uh, the urban dictionary term impossible white man, but I don't see anything. Uh, oh, at the bottom it says possible white man, a subgenre of films, which gets his name from Rod of the Black Outers podcast. Oh, Lord. What? Someone did this? Who <laughs> put that in there? Who has the time? And the effort. <laughs> the qualifications needed for a film to be classified are as follows. No superhero comic book movies. Two has to be an action film, no questions asked. Three, the protagonist cannot die in the end. Dying and being revived at any point is allowed. Uh, despite the name, the protagonist in said film do not even have to be white or even male, just a human being with a vague set of skills, being a badass under situations that would mean death for the average citizen. Dude, are you watching the entire Die Hard series? Impossible white man movies haven't been the same since the 80s. This franchise proves it by mallard ray gray oh so he wrote this all right well cool man thank you um we're on urban dictionary now get that in wikipedia and we can talk <laughs> yeah that's when it's official um that girl's comment was clever and funny it shows that she has knowledge of the periodic table so props to her chemistry teacher i'm sure there are much worse things a student can do and this is mild compared to that says miss danny 10 yeah yeah, it, it it was one of those things where I'm I'm not gonna front. I understand why the school was like, whoa, 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 can't do that. <laughs> like, cause people are acting like it's not a big deal at all. It it, it is. A big she could deal. she did it in code. It was cute. It was funny. I think it's fine because I'm an adult and I don't have any kids, and it's the kind of shit I would have tried to get away. I'm the person that wrote, uh, um on the chalkboard about someone having big breasts. And then when the teacher caught me, I said that it was referring to chicken breast. And then she sent me to the office anyway. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I can relate to her as far as being smart, but also having a little bit of a sense of humor about it. Um, but I'm glad they let it go. Cause in the scheme of things, it wasn't a big deal. 
um you know and you know obviously she's a black girl and there's some you know biased on my part there mm-hmm. but you know i don't know that everyone wrote <laughs> fucked up shit for their yearbook quotes um in, in it's the, not really fucked up most people go i don't know what the hell she's talking about right should child services look into will smith and jada smith as parents um jada pinkett smith as parents yes there's something going on there six percent and no it's pointless at 94 percent i want to know it's pointless group yeah i always feel like maybe something will be going on but they have the resources and uh money and shit to uh address anything unlike mm-hmm. a lot of kids that probably need somebody to intervene in their lives and, don't and they're not gonna get it because motherfuckers ever. would spend some mo- they would rather spend time going to will and jada's crib yep then uh the children actually need the help or it may actually need to be taken out of households yeah we read an article where a woman was hitting her three-year-old hard in the face or some shit and a mm-hmm. dude called the police and the police came and left and he had to post the video on facebook before they would actually acknowledge what happened mm-hmm. yeah but one picture on instagram and motherfuckers want to go to will and jada's house and investigate there for mm-hmm. a whole month yeah and it's and, oh it's sit one don't forget Oh, yeah. Definitely sitting on. Uh, KJ Dollar says, while I believe it was poor judgment for Will and Jada to let Willow pose for the, well, they didn't let her pose. They didn't know. No. They like, didn't that's know. the thing. 13 is old enough to go down a friend's house. Yeah, it is. You know, like, they, it's not yeah, like. They were not in the room. A lot yeah. of people think that they were in the room when this picture was shot. I think her brother and some other people in the room, like, I, people are excluding that they were not in the room alone. Yeah, this is one of many pictures that were posted to that Instagram account of mm-hmm. all those kids hanging out together. People just jumped out the deep end, like, Will and Jada were in the room, like, yeah, touch her titties. And like, they, they, like, it was an innocent picture, in my opinion. She didn't look like anything was on her mind. Um, if anything, that dude should not have, should have had a shirt on and sat his ass in a chair. Um, there was nothing going on that rose to the level of CPS being called. They will find nothing and move on. Well, I hope so. We'll see. Um, and uh, we had the last episode for the week, Never Fall in Love, where we talked about them thrones with Patrice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the poll for the episode was, is the president sending Marines to look for the missing girls a big deal? Because some people were already downplaying it, and some people were saying it was a big deal. 78% of our audience thinks it is a very big deal that we're sending 80 Marines over there. And 22% say, nah, not not so much. Doesn't mean much at all. So a little surprised by that, to be honest with you. I think, um, you know, I think it is a pretty big deal to send uh, troops over there. But um, I guess they're not going to be going over there to kill people. So maybe that's why mm-hmm. it's not a big deal to some people. True. They're just assisting in the search. Miss Danny 10 says, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I love hearing the recaps. Well, if you ever do, uh, you should be all caught up. Yep. Um, all right, man. We got some uh, voicemails. Let's play those. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Tay Will, 713. I'm uh, walking to work listening to the show and shit. And uh, I hear about this motherfucking name, Chance Wilson. Really, really good name, but Chance Wilson's everywhere. Because I'm a black Chance Wilson. And I'm like, motherfucker. You know, baby, it's all mistake. Check it off, a.k.a. elementary school. Ain't that a bitch? And he ain't got the name, got the name to be spanked my good fucking name. Although I saw how he spelled that shit, it was kind of, you know, a little ghetto panache to it. So, ain't that a bitch? Peace, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
um well yeah man um you know i'm sorry terrence wilson f- fuck that up for you man <laughs> you know I, it's like when uh that dude rod was on um uh yes catfish. catfish and all of a sudden i had to be like damn my name rod you fucking up for all of us <laughs> i apologize to ebony when i interviewed her i was like i'm sorry on behalf of all the rods uh that is not normally like us next voicemail Hey, man, this your boy, Mudro, in the hey, man. Appreciate the shout-out on them, them Brawls podcast. Uh, quick thing, um, when you were talking about how Jon Snow knows everything that's about to happen, uh, and then uh, the asshole just straight deflected him, all I can think of is, like, when Lil Boosie's daughter had made that video when he was coming home. It's like, I told y'all niggas, I told y'all niggas, he coming home today, he coming home today. Okay, I, that's all I got. But, man, great show as always, man. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Peace. <laughs> yeah, Jon Snow be knowing, man. He gonna die soon. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. No, you can't know that much shit. And, and not in this show. You start seeing the signs that nobody listened to you. It's just a, a tragedy waiting to happen. No matter time. Uh, next voicemail. Hey, Rod. Hey, Karen. It's LaShonda. Just checking in with you guys. Um, before you take a week off since you are one of the hardest working couples in podcasting business. Um, few things. Um, there was, I had a question, not really a question, but it was a comment about some of the stuff you mentioned. The first thing is, my PhD is in educational leadership, so that speaker at the college, Heather College, who was talking to the students about how entitled they were. I have some of his books on my shelf, and I was so glad he spoke out because he is so right. If you can't get in a room in an educational setting and be uncomfortable, then you're not going to make it because you're not going to grow. Secondly, about the Willow, the quote-unquote Willow Smith CPS investigation, my only issue is this. If you think there's enough to investigate her parents about that picture, then you should think that there's enough to investigate the grown man that was in the picture who posted the picture on social media. I'm sorry. It's hypocritical to only investigate her family when basically she's the child and unable to give consent. Last but not least, I'm not spoiling anything. I don't tease this, but Chris mentioned this on the movie trailer reviews, but I'm sorry. Avian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, and Tyrion Lannister can't make a movie good, then you have failed at life. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about X-Men. Anyway, you guys have a great week off. Talk to you soon. Bye. Uh, thank Jeez. you, soon to be Doctor, or Doctor S at this point. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed Days of Future Past, honestly. Mm-hmm. It was um, actually really good. It was higher than my expectations, and my expectations was low because Foxes did has done a terrible, terrible job with X Men's in the past. They have done bad jobs with the Wolverine franchise, in my opinion. The last one had good action in it, but the overall story was terrible. So it's one of those things where my expectations were low. So this one actually came out. I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people saying it don't make sense. And I'm like, are we watching the same movie? They didn't make the shit that fucking complex. But people either just wasn't paying attention. Well, I don't think they're talking about it doesn't make sense in the continuity of the other x-men movies oh. and they're right oh i disregarded all them did you? yeah well that's basically what they were hoping you would do okay and yeah as long as you do that then you're fine the movie doesn't make sense it I, doesn't i kind of the one before this one and this one all them other people didn't matter 
yeah shadow cat doesn't have those powers so yeah they just got real convenient and did whatever the fuck they want but and i'm fine with that's that. very very close to what comic books do yeah so they have reboots all the time not even just reboots just fucked up chronological shit and yeah uh to me it's the closest to the x it's the the marvel the the x-men movies are the closest thing to comic books that we'll ever see on screen okay and that's for good and bad and that's true and, and, and maybe because i'm of the i just want to watch a good movie so i don't give a fuck about the other shit and a lot of people are more into it than me so it made them mad but i i, I enjoy well what's myself. making the people i follow what's making them mad and i agree is uh the inconsistency of reviewers to shit on like amazing spider-man 2 but then give this movie a pass or to say it's better than Captain America to, you know, mm-hmm. the best movie of the year, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see why a lot of people are like, fuck this movie. That's a size, no. Yeah, they're just mad that it's getting such high ratings when it's just not that, it's not better than those movies. No, I enjoyed it, but it's just mm-hmm. not better. But, you know, at this point, my bar is very low. It, it is. I'm at the point now where if you put X-Men in the title and you have X-Men in the movie, um, I like it because I watched Godzilla and Godzilla's in the title, but he wasn't in the movie. So ah, at least um, we did get the X Men. Yeah, my bar is just extremely low right now, so it's probably a good time for me to watch anything. Uh, next voicemail. Hey, what's up, Rod? What's up, Karen? It's O Four Soldier again. Man, uh, on episode seven oh four, no, seven oh seven, y'all said uh, on Pokemon Black people, it was it really hit home, man on that Kung Fu Panda bar, because uh, I'm from Dallas, and, man, we, we, we experience that every time. You literally have to go there at 7, 8 o'clock and hope that they want to make some money and then just pick one bar and stay in there all day, because if you leave, you ain't getting back in. Wow. And, like, if you try to go out there, like, at a, re- a reasonable time, they're going to turn you away every time, man. They just they don't like black folks, man. So I really do feel fucked with. I really feel fucked with on that one. Stay <laughs> home. Because you, like, I see. I feel like you should give like 150, maybe 175, because because the racism. I don't go out much no more because I just don't want to get turned away at the door just for being black. Man, I can you show up there with a suit and tie and everything. Just they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They they don't care about your money or anything. Just that stigma that to me to me black people in one spot make us makes it a hood club all of a sudden, a hood bar, and then they just just it just it's a very bad stigma, man. Uh, that's what we deal with here in the South. And if you want to go to, uh, if you want to a, a bar that's going to let everybody in, they're usually going to have, uh, no dress codes and they're going to let everybody in there. They're not going to do any, uh, not going to have any security, not patting anybody down. So more than likely if you've got guns in there at the, at the black spots and those places are really overcrowded and all that stuff. But the places that are safe and they don't let black folks in. They just have these, they instruct these, uh, say dress codes when they want to. So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just feeling fucked with. So, nah. Nah, the great, great show as usual. Great show. <laughs> All right, guys. Man, he, he was feeling fucked with, man. Yeah. Sounds like it happened to him. Yeah, we gave it a hundred and he, I think he added his own hundred to it. Yeah. You know, the thing is, man, um, a lot, this is like one of those side things of racism because I think, class is more of an indicator than race for a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. but because of racism black white people a lot of white people a lot of people in charge of shit can't tell black people apart no we all look the same yeah it's why mark cuban's comments were so like 
terrible to me because it was any anybody can put on a hoodie doesn't make him a thug you know what i mean anybody any person on the earth putting on a hoodie is just an article of clothing you know it doesn't say gang on the front or it's not bloods or crips it's just a hoodie i might be cold you know i might have just came from the gym but now all of a sudden i'm suspect number one on your radar why because hoodie is cold for black kid and black kid is suspect and scary by default that's mm-hmm. what that means you know if you really think fucking um if you really think that uh mark cuban's only crossing the street because of black kids in a hoodie then you're then you're out to lunch because he, he crossed that street if the black kids were in a button up too Come on, suit and tie. Skinny jeans, uh, you name it. It's dressed like Russell Westbrook. If the hoodie said Mavericks on it, he's crossing the street. Of course. That, that's just cold. Um, all right, uh, next voicemail. Hey, Rod and Karen, it's Nick Jew. I hope the call is coming through clearly because I'm in the Batmobile. But I just wanted to call and say that I love you guys. I miss you so much already. I'm happy that y'all are taking a vacation because I know y'all deserve it, but I'm sad because that means no week of shows, but I'm also traveling this week, so I don't know what I'm going to do. What is, I'm going to do, Jesus. <laughs> uh, also, congrats on having over 700 shows. That is bananas. And I wanted to tell y'all I was getting my whole life. There was a double tank moment, and it was mwah, magnifique. Y'all were talking about the On the Run trailer, and Rod, you called that actress Emily, and her name is Emmy, and then Karen said that we had ramshacked their relationship, and it was just a one-two hitter, and I loved it. Never changed. <laughs> Love y'all. Have a good week. Bye. Uh, thank you, Nick Jew. Um, as I, I haven't posted the links yet, but we were on uh, Where's the, What's the Tea mm-hmm. uh, podcast a week ago, and so fun. Um, we had a blast. Hanging out with Leonard, Terrilyn, and Nick Jew uh, was was so much fun. Meeting J.L. Covan. Yes. Um, talking to Lily. Um, it was, it's, it's just so, it was just so much fun, man. We know so many creative people and mm-hmm. so many um, people that are, you know, out here um, that, you know, are friends and, and, and we can be fans of them and vice versa. Like, it's some cool ass shit, man. So, uh, you know, safe travels to Nick Jew, of course. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, try not to get, you know, try to stay off that dick. You know, we get him, get the dick thrown at you through the, um, through the feedback. You gotta be careful. Now you know what it feels like. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. When they, when they try to holler at you, gonna have to hide in her back cave. Yeah. Feedback shows a lot of stress, guys. Um, we have, uh, some emails and then we'll get out of here. Um, Medium Talk 17, Scandal Show. Uh, 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 Gladiator uh, in Harlem, Stephanie Rice in. Hey, Ryder Karen. I'm having a blast listening to all the content available as a premium subscriber. It is truly worth the investment. Imagine my surprise and delight when I discovered the Scandal Podcast in the archives. Yeah, that was when I talked to my man, uh, Scott. Uh, wait, was it Scott or was it Shane? Scott. I want to say Scott. <sighs> I fuck, I didn't. I hope I didn't take his name. I um, want to say Scott. I don't, okay. Yeah, I want to say it's Scott Hansen. <laughs> let me search. Let me search this real quick, cause uh, yeah, Scott Hanselman. Okay, cool. I, I said it right. Yeah, I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, say it sound like it I should got be nervous. Scott. Got nervous, man. Nick, you just brought up the tanks. <laughs> Felt that tank on my back. Um, 
yeah i just got uh yeah so she listened to the episode it said imagine my surprise delight when i discovered a scandal podcast and archives yeah gladiator harlem love her some scandal like i was on jaha uh night uh podcast uh talking about scandal and she's always in the room asking questions making jokes observations and like i love scandal but listen langston jaha i know they love scandal you know what i mean yeah. like they could tell you some shit that happened like in episode three of season two and they remember that shit like photographic like i'm not that good with it uh because i watch so many different shows and yes. shit but like they write they write recaps the dialogue they have a own like group on facebook and they like you know, like people get into it about the details. They'd be like, well, when the blood was in the vial, the blood looked discolored, but later on when it was in this scene, it was in a envelope. And it was like, I, I don't, I don't even oh, know. They, they, they're about bad as nerves, ain't they? They are. They're scandal nerves, man. Mm-hmm. They will cut you. Yes. Yeah. I was on there, man. They was talking about, you know, the, like some, like the people have different people they root for and the people they not trying to hear. And, oh, you know, you'd be like, oh, you teams. know. It's like, you know, I don't, like I don't like Fitz. And then all of a sudden somebody be like, Row, you don't like Fitz. I'm about to hop on you. <laughs> but like, hold on. Take this. That was just a show, y'all. These people ain't real. That being said, did you both hear about the scandal meetup in August 2014 in Los Angeles? Here's the info. Second annual worldwide meet who you tweet event will be had in Los Angeles, California at the Garland Hotel, August 1st through 6th, 2014. Oh, they real, ain't they? Wow. It's a week long. Man, Shonda getting that. Wow. Money. Fans from across the world who love Scandal will be united to meet other gladiators for this Meet Who You Tweet convention. Go to gladiatorsunite.com for more information in the register. Hope to see you there. Warm regards, Gladiator and Harlem Stephanie. Yeah, I don't know if I'm planning on going to that, but uh, that does sound pretty cool. Um, I can't even imagine what you do for five days around Scandal. Oh, probably a lot. They probably have conventions. They probably mm-hmm. have a uh, one-on-ones breaking down the episodes they probably have like um you know the actors are probably off so they might have some of them come in and speak yeah and, i'm sure they'll be there of course i would uh personally i would try to show up with harrison to see what happened <laughs> like get out motherfuckers um yesterday houston guessed the race this is from matt he says Looking forward to the hashtag Dem Thrones recap today. I was sick over the weekend and rewatched the first two seasons. You picked up so many small details that were right in front of us. It was very enjoyable to go back and watch again. Well, you know what, man? Closed caption. Hit the rewind button. Yeah, because sometimes you it know. makes sense. Yeah, don't, you know, I don't mind. Uh, Roger watches it twice. He watches it since. Some, no, I don't always watch it twice. Okay. I don't like it. Sometimes I only watch it one time, man. Like, I try to watch it twice, but... Uh, most of the time I don't make it through the whole time the second time. Okay. Quick story. I have like one thing I did notice, um, that we didn't bring up on the show. I forgot. Another thing is I write my notes and sometimes I forget to bring them up on the show, but I'm pretty sure, not a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure that Ramsey was fucking that girl who was helping him hunt the slave girl in the woods. And wouldn't that supposed to be a sister? Right pretty sure that's who he was fucking oh my I'm not a hundred percent on this but like i watched that scene again and i was like mm, i think you fucking your sister dog 
A lot of sister fucking going on these days. A lot of it. Uh, quick story. I have an Instagram follow from the Houston area who posted a pic of a news van that said, it's never a good sign when you see this outside your front door. Her husband in, uh, said he saw some lady being interviewed and the maintenance man said she was either a prostitute or a stripper. <gasps> How do he know? I have no idea. Anyway, later in the day, she posted a screenshot of the news story. Man sues Houston stripper and says, so that's what it was all about. It was the lady from yesterday's guest, the race. She must live in the same apartment complex. <gasps> Thought it was funny that someone I know was indirectly connected to the story due to location. Matt. <laughs> well, just don't leave your DVDs around the house. Mm-mm. You might not get them back. All your eight tracks or your 45s. Mr. Span writes in hood disease is real. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you already know it's going to be silly as shit. Hello, sir and madam. My name is Dr. Cleophis is real span. And I was hope I was listening to one of your more recent episodes where you derided a very qualified, studious, and dare I say it, pioneering reporter on her report on hood disease. I have you know that this condition is very real yet very treatable, a very treatable malady. I, along with my colleagues here at the Span Academy of Retarded Sciences, or SARS, if you will, oh Lord, have been on the forefront of this fascinating disease. We have been dissecting the causes and effects of this disease for the better part of two fortnights and have come up with a cutting-edge drug that doesn't quite cure the disease but makes it a, more of something you can learn to live with. We're calling our drug Hoodasol. <laughs> now, this hasn't yet met the requirements of the FDA for public consumption. Hopefully, they will grant us approval in a timely fashion. But they told us that we really need to work on cutting out some of the side effects, which include, one, the illusion of good credit. Two, the denial of white privilege. Three, the sudden urge for college education. Four, the total eradication of CP time. Oh, Lord. Five, large appetites for cheese. Six, the expectation of fair treatment by police officers. Seven, being sued by sweet sounds of Barry Manilow, and so on and so forth. Apparently, Hoodasol is not going to be approved until we can make the proper corrections and get our drug taken down off of the list of Schedule One level narcotics. So please don't disparage the reporter or her colleague, Mr. Lemon, for their pioneering report. We here at SARS applaud their due diligence, and you too can learn a thing or two from these esteemed individuals. Thank you and good day. Dr. Cleophis is real span. Top science niggas, span academy of retarded sciences. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we, Dr. Cleophis. You have set us straight. I didn't know your first name was Cleophis, Mr. Span. Uh, that learns something new every day. Yeah, we do. Uh, but, uh, you're doing good work over there at Span Report. Um, with your science nigga degree, apparently. <laughs> um, we have this, uh, from, uh, let's see, Dr. Wait, dear Rodimus Prime, and I say that again. My name is Suey. I- <laughs> <laughs> the title of this is Do You Want Some Jews, Honey? And it's spelled Jews, J-E-W-S. My name is Sui. I heard you people brought up the fact that he was dating an Asian now, and I did not want you subtweeting me out here in these podcast streets. Say my name, bitches. Don loves Oriental people. He has, (laughs) he has, this is all from that picture of Don Sterling in the, uh, in and out Burger with the Asian, new Asian jump off. Yes. He has pledged to donate $25 million to the Ching Chong Ding Dong Foundation of Sensitivity to Orientals or whatever. Or maybe he was talking about cum deposits. I'm not sure. Hold on. (laughs) After get Donnie his Jews, 
no that's not a typo i did not mean juice i meant jews i mean i am his whole recruiter also also i have a question about that half of v Stiviano. does she have those aids Demates. didn't she sleep with magic johnson that's what don told me magic does for the black community sleep with them <laughs> the v must stand for venereal oh lord i must end this letter to you now as a minute has passed and don has gotten his happy ending you got you he got you beat on this come game too mr Rodman's prime stay woke suey park <laughs> i just want to say park. <laughs> I, i'm doubting the authenticity of this being for suey park is all i'm gonna say and any, anyone that is upset about us reading that letter i just want you to know we did not write it <laughs> no we did and not. that was written by a person who is also asian i'm not gonna say no names okay we did not write that letter. we have many many asian listeners as we are well oh known across the, the international spectrum but it was not anyone else so do not yeah, write in sweet parker Mm-mm. yeah do not take that up with me listener feedback Sterling. He says, Hey, Ryder Karen is Sterling, host of the Gaming and Then Some podcast, and more importantly, the official New York Giants, uh, the New York football Giants fan of the TBGWT. Man, I wonder how Larry would feel about that. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to say I appreciated you guys' coverage of the whole Salon Jay Z thing last week or so. I've seen too many folks who treated the subject like it was okay and it wasn't domestic violence. People who are normally against domestic violence, I guess it's only when it's a woman getting hit. We're live tweeting a video like a boxing match or acting like it somehow wasn't domestic violence because the woman was hitting the man. Knowing damn well if someone did that with the Ray Rice video or made jokes about Chris Benoit or Michael J. State flood your mentions with a hashtag and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, y'all are right. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Y'all are right. Like, people were doing that shit. Um, it's just one of those things where I never do that shit, so it wasn't a huge deal for me. But I laughed at some of the jokes and shit, too. I mean, it's it's not, to me, it's not above joking about. But, of course, there's very few things I find above joking about, right? True, so, me too. Um, I'm pretty consistent on that. But, yeah, it is weird when people are like, such and such is never funny. Except when I think it's funny, then it's funny as shit, you know? If it's funny, it's funny. As a person that grew up in a household of domestic violence, husband to wife, wife to husband, mother to son, father to son, I remember feeling the shame of talking to the proper people about my abuse because I always heard men can't be abused. The abuse didn't stop until I contacted the police. I'm not saying it it is what Jay-Z should have done, but in my opinion, he wouldn't be less of a man for doing so. I agree. Yeah. You know, you know what's crazy is, um, it, some people are watching it and they say like, well, it's obvious this happens all the time. And I can't tell that from looking at that video. I, I can't, can't really tell anything you're making an assumption. about the way that they live just from that one video. Mm-hmm. But it's very funny that when people say that, I keep wondering, like, are you guys in, did you grow up or are you currently in a situation where you see violence a lot? That's a lot so you just assume like, yeah, obviously this shit happens all the time. And for a lot of people it's normal. Like, yeah, literally. like it's normal to you. So you're like, clearly that's how people jump on people all the time. And this is how people resolve the situation. Cause to me, I would, even if I saw like, if I walked in that elevator and saw that happen, I would, I would assume that's a one time thing. I would not me go, too. oh yeah, well that's just what she do. It's Saturday, you know. Y'all handled the situation incredibly well, and all the jokes were on point. That kicking a dead camel in an elevator is so wrong, it's good. 
anyways <laughs> that's a great show as always uh thanks darling thank you Sarah. and uh yeah man th- uh, thank you for sharing that part about growing up in you know a household with domestic violence man a lot of people don't talk about that shit mm-hmm. you know because it's shame behind it male or female yeah and it's not your fault it's nothing you can do about it True Life Catfish and Hoodies. This is from my man James Thomas III. Oh, my. He says, hey, Rod and Karen. Rod, I don't want to be that guy that emails things you didn't talk about on the show. But I saw you talking about the last Catfish episode, and I enjoyed your live tweets on that and True Life. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, we caught them back to back. That was my first time watching True Life this week. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be on that because I was watching Catfish and then it went on to True Life. I was like, oh, shit, what is this foolishness? Yeah, True Life was about people who were dating their ex's boyfriend. Um, yeah, ex's boyfriend. The ex's. Uh, it was interesting because. Their one best of, friend boyfriend. Yeah, I'm sorry. Their best boyfriend. God damn it. <laughs> True Life was about people who were dating their best friend's ex yes that's what it was damn why is that so hard to think about in my brain <laughs> i had to focus like when people try to get psychics out of their mind get out of my mind um but um so so everybody on there one one girl she had a gay best friend mm-hmm. and she was dating his former boyfriend yes and, and they were so gay listen i'm not saying that you can look at everybody and tell they're gay. Mm-mm. But some people you can look at them and tell they're gay. Yes. And, the and these niggas was, were gay. Were gay. Like both, they, both of them was. Like it was no way you can mistake them for being straight. Um, and like the eyebrows were on point. Come more on, so than hers. The hair color was. Oh, her hair looked a hot mess compared to their hair. Like Well, that. she like her thing was I'm now talking to to him, to your ex. But he said he's not gay. He's straight. And I was looking at her like, uh, your best friend is a gay dude, but nothing in you can say this dude gay too, or he at least is bi. But see, that's the thing. She would ask him and he wouldn't even say he's bisexual. He said, I'm straight. And basically when he got confronted by, you know, the, the best friend or whatever, and it was like, come on, dog. And then he was basically like, well, I mean, you know, I, Basically, I'm kind of bisexual. Yeah, and he's like she. He's like that's not what you've been telling her. You've been telling her he's straight. Yeah, you've been lying to her, and uh, her best friend was looking like, um, yeah, there's things about him that you don't know, dog. So mm-hmm. he probably already knew, and he was like, he already knew what? I I think he knew that the dude was bi. No, he no, no, that's right. He, he knew he was, he was gay. gay. They were. Ex- that's right. That's right. It's his ex boyfriend. Listen, you suck someone's dick seventy five times. That dude is gay to you. Like, it's not going to be like he was like, I'm pretty sure that when we were sucking each other's dicks, that was some gay shit. So I don't think he just went back to I don't think he just went too straight. It wasn't a phase, you know? Yes. In his mind, he was like, no, he was like that dude is gay, you know? And uh I wouldn't be surprised if it was just some shit to get back at, at the at the dude, you know, that to true. be like, yeah, because I'm going to steal your best friend. Uh, but yeah, it was just funny. And obviously she liked her. Her wigs the same way she liked her man. Straight. Wild and crazy. Straight, then not straight, and then straight, then not straight again. All of her head. Good grief. Her hair was the word. Her hair stole the show. It, it did, didn't it? Like, it literally stole the show. Good grief. Um, and then, uh, the other woman was, she stole her best friend's boyfriend, but her 
but he had gotten the best friend pregnant Mm-hmm. and it was all about custody of the kid and was she gonna be able to like you know be basically lit because he lived with her now and was he gonna live with her and then be able to see his kid and shit it was just crazy i i didn't like her though because she kept talking and she would be talking in the middle of a custody meeting yes. and it's not your fucking kid she's like well we need to do this and i was like bitch you, just be quiet yeah it's not your kid shut the fuck up if anybody's expendable in this picture, it's you. Ain't that the truth? She's like, yeah, well, you know, I just, what are we going to do about visitation? We? The fuck is you? Y'all not even married. Uh, anyway, uh, that was the most welcome of 2014 episode ever. So crazy. This attractive girl can't find one decent guy in Texas to put up with her that she has to find love in Florida. I live in Palm Beach and I live 15 minutes away from Boca and I've never heard of that guy she was talking to or his music. Okay, he's talking about Catfish. Oh, that, uh, that. By the way, that girl was like every father's nightmare. Yes. Like she, she had an allergy to clothes and she's twerking on Instagram. Yes. Her daddy just had so much defeat. It was the face of a father who just knew the, the pole had already defeated him. Yes, because when they went to go interview her, her shorts, like, like, wherever she worked at must not even have a dress code, cause like her bra was sticking at the top of her thing, and. Yeah, even me and Max were like, damn, you need to put some clothes on. Yeah, you know, even, and the thing is, the thing, I forgot which one, Neva Max went in there and, and put a scarf over her and said that she need to cover up, and I was like, uh, you can't tell me y'all not gay. Mm. <laughs> she got her titties and her ass out, and you giving her a coat talking about cover up, bitch. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, and then the dude T, what is it? T flight? T, T, T lights? T lights. Terrible. uh, Terrible. The worst rap I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And I've heard white girl mob, and this was worse than that. Yes. And and I think the, the thing about it is that, uh, people was like packed in this place to see them, and they went in there, and I think her, um, Think I think his brother was actually faking the real dude, and I think he told him to take the rap because yeah, I still believe the brother was the one talking to her because mm-hmm. they talked in such vague, like just you know, oh yeah, you talk just like you have smiley faces, you know. It was like okay, these people have never met each other. Um, either that, or they're just so shallow and stupid that it's like that's the conversation shallow, stupid people have. But um, yeah, I'm convinced the brother was the one that was talking to her and then he just lied and got his got his got the tea light dude to take the rap mm-hmm. cause the brother was married and older and had no fucking business talking to her nope um I live 15 minutes away and I've never heard that guy she was talking to or his music yeah also I believe MTV set up that show of course there's no fucking way that, uh, that group with that pedestrian rap had fucking the building packed with no, fans MTV it had to be we're gonna be the cam- the camera's gonna be there right because i was like um yeah that terrible ass shit all y'all are not there for this terrible ass place they salsa must be good they burritos y'all there for something else i just think they, M- they rapping i think mtv just put it out like hey come see this tonight and you could possibly be on mtv yeah they had some glow sticks and shit i was like yeah this is the biggest crowd these this group will ever have because they didn't even really show them doing performing because people probably weren't feeling that shit Come on now. i truly believe what you said about the situation in regards to the fact that he told his brother the situation showed him what she looks like and he went along with it mm-hmm. i truly felt so bad for her father he looked like a man defeated he did 
he wasn't even bothered when they talked about her twerking on Instagram or anything. Yeah, he tried to act like he was being, he was like, uh, yeah, I thought we discussed, uh, you taking those down. It was like, man, come on, dog. Let her, you might as well just let her be what she gonna be, bro. This girl seemed like she wanted someone who was equally Instagram famous as she was and just wanted more followers. So being yeah. on Catfish was perfect for her. I don't want to get into Mark Cuban thing too much, but I lost a couple of friends going out to dinner with some white and black people Thursday. I've never been called privileged so much in less than 24 hours. I also can't believe Stephen A. said that black people rarely get the black people need to do better speech on first take. That said a whole lot to me. I love you guys, and I hope you enjoy your break. Um, James Thomas the third, Hot 105 FM on air contributor. All right, at James Thomas three on Twitter. Um, yeah, dog. You know the thing is, like, I had a really good conversation with my friend, a white dude, about um, uh, race and Obamacare and hell and like I love classism and. Um, that Thursday and uh, I'm really glad we stuck around and talked about it man because you know I think people come from stuff from different angles but I think if you're reasonable and you actually do care have some sort of empathy you can actually have a discussion um, yes you can you know and I you know one thing I think white people hate about these discussions is hearing that they're privileged because they are you know but they don't want to hear it and there's just no good way to have this conversation without where it's going to make white people feel happy or comfortable or right or whatever. Cause who wants to hear by default, you're already got a leg up and therefore your struggles aren't as strugglicious as the next person struggles immediately where your mind goes. Right. But like what I would say is, um, I was privileged in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Right. And it would be like, if I was talking to a person from the Sudan and they were like, well, you know, um, here, you can fucking starve to death easily. And then I was like, well, one day when I was in high school, I didn't have any lunch money and I was starving. And I went on free or reduced lunch. I ain't the same. No, not free or reduced lunch. Oh, just, oh, just, I, I was so hungry. I was starving. And that person, oh, would, that person just, would, Karen, I got it. No, no. Uh, that person would look at me and be like, what I'm saying is completely different from what you're saying. Yeah. And the only reason you think it's close is because of your privilege you can't see what i'm saying like you can't you don't have the empathy and then what happens is white people feel like they're being personally put on trial and for most black people most people in general there's a certain amount of anger towards a resentment towards that attitude of the person getting defensive and you never make it past that part of conversation it's you privileged motherfucker you don't even have this discussion I, I like I had to talk to my boy and disarm that and be like, listen, we're not talking about me and you specifically. Like, when this is not anecdotal anymore. Let's talk statistics. Let's talk facts. Let's talk about the fact that you can be poor in America and have a job. Mm-hmm. So the fact, so calling someone lazy for being poor is pretty much an oxymoron because you can work hard as shit at a at a job where they're only going to give you thirty hours a week because anything more they would have to pay for your health insurance. And then you have to go work your second job at Walmart where they only give you 20 hours. And then they, when you tell them this is not a living wage, they say, no, 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 no. We will instruct you on how to go apply for food stamps and welfare and government assistance because the way that we don't pay you, you can still qualify. And when the average middle class person in this country is one paycheck away from catastrophic, you know, financial, you know, financial results, um, when you're one medical emergency away 
there's the illusion of privilege that we've been afforded and there's this illusion of um class that we've been afforded that's not really true like like we're all uh what therefore the grace of god go i or whatever like we're all right there but as long as you feel that you are intrinsically better than someone who is not doing as well as long as you feel that well, it's because I worked hard and you didn't or because I'm smart and you're not and you don't take into account social circles, networking, uh, the fact that a black person can have the same college education, the same exact resume. But if they have a black name, their resume is much less likely to get a chance. The fact that black people without criminal uh, criminal um, charges or criminal history are at, it's employed at the same rate as white men with criminal backgrounds. Um, when you look at that, when you like, you can adjust for factors and be like this, like this, there's an undertone, there's things in this country that still are racially problematic. But if you bring or racially, you know, fucked up, but if you actually bring them up individually, everybody downs that stuff. So the Mark Cuban comments to me are very much. Um, even though he's quote unquote being honest, I, I mean, Donald Sterling is being honest, Bull, Bull Connor is being honest. Like, True. you know, I think honesty is completely overrated in this country. Um, hey, you didn't lie to me, but you told me that you think I'm less than you. Well, fuck you still, right? Um, but at least I was honest about it. Well, still fuck you. The problem with the Mark Cuban shit is if you extrapolate it to his reasonable conclusion of a black, a black guy in a hoodie, is as scary as a white dude with a face full of tattoos and a bald head. If you extract it to his reasonable conclusion, it really does lead you to black people are scary by default. And as honest as he's being, it's the reason that you have housing discrimination. So it, it, it's like the logic is what leads to Donald Sterling kicking black people out of his room because the logic is I don't want to be around these people. You know what I mean? Cause a hoodie is just a piece of clothing. It, it makes me no, no more criminal than if I was wearing fucking Daisy Dukes. Like it's no indication of what kind of lifestyle I'm lead, leading. And, and, and it's a black kid in a hoodie because we all know that if it was a white dude wearing a fucking hoodie, he wouldn't have had a problem with it. Mm-hmm. It's specifically the fact that that person's black that he finds scary. And he's quote unquote crossing the street at night. So that's, that's where the problem is with Mark Cuban shit. And the privilege of that in his situation, I'm not saying yours, but the privilege of Mark Cuban is he can say we need to have these discussions, but he doesn't entertain that discussion. He made those comments in the safety of that interview, put it on Twitter and had an argument with Bo when Bo said you can, you know, DM me or, you know, we can talk on the phone and he declined. He didn't take any interview. He didn't throw any press. He didn't talk to the media about that. He doesn't want to have this conversation. He's not going to open a forum to this. He wants to say these things and then just back away from them. I think, um, I don't find what he said to be revolutionary. I don't find it to be brave or bold or any of that shit. Um, and while it may be honest, I still find that mentality to be part of what affects my everyday life and part of the shit that stresses me out every single day, because if we could erase that mentality, we could erase so much that is wrong with this country, but we just can't, you know what I mean? Like people, as long as people think there's nothing wrong with it, as long as I'm honest, 
then we've already defeated, you know? So I like, I don't give a fuck about the honesty of it. I would love for that person to go, you know what? I'm wrong for that. And I'm going to do better. Not I'm wrong for that, but at least I'm being honest. What does that mean? Nothing. Cause nothing changes. Yeah. So I've, you know, like I said, it's the same mentality that, uh, I, like I read the Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, um, long, like as a segreg- reparations, um, article and so much of the stuff he outlines in there. Um, and I know y'all people aren't going to read it. It's long. I read it. I, I wanted to read it. It's one of the best things, uh, I've read in a long time. Um, it's very detailed and he only attacked it from the home ownership side. He could have done it with education, employment, incarceration, uh, you know, crime, um, mortality rates he could have done it with a ton of shit and he it would have all led back to the same thing which is the game is rigged if you're black in america but um one of the things that 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 really struck out to me was or stuck out to me was how much the attitude toward black people being negative in a you know in most of america is so ingrained in our society because white people have been manipulated and conditioned to be this way as well and I'm not saying they're just as much a victim because obviously, you know, there's still a power structure in hand, but they are victims too of being mentally manipulated. And it is a sickness, it is a disease, and it's not rational to be racist. It's not, you know, whenever I hear people be like, well, it would have happened to any of us if they recorded us in our house. It wouldn't happen to me, and I'm not making that up. You know what I mean? I, I talk the same way on this show that I talk in real life. You're not going to quote-unquote catch me in a moment of, just sheer racism like donald sterling and if that's really how everyone else is in their house like that is a scary proposition but i don't want to believe it you know i don't think that's how people are in their houses for everybody i think that there's there's some people that are just bigoted and wrong you know and and if it is in your house clean up your house clean up your mind it's not healthy and you're being manipulated you know what I mean? So if you, if your idea, and, and not to mention, Crossing the Street ain't gonna stop nobody from robbing you, but Mm-mm. if, if your idea is black kids scary, you know, white scare, uh, like, then, then, then something's wrong with you. And you need to stop that. You know what I mean? So I, I get that people wanna have self-preservation and shit, but, you know, they, like, they made the knockout gang into a thing. It was nationally, trending on the news because they were scaring the shit out of people. And I've seen reports where they've broken it down. It's been isolated incidents. It's been bringing up shit from 10 years ago, but acting like it happened yesterday. And, you know, it's been people that weren't even playing or not. It'd be like someone got into a fight outside a bar, got knocked out, and they'd be like, it was the knock, 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 knockout game. An Asian lady lied and said she got knocked out. Turns out she, her boyfriend knocked, hit her, and she lied to protect the domestic violence part of it. Like, but it just it keeps this condition of fear of us constant. You know what I mean? I've said it on the show before when I say every bullet that is sold in America comes with the promise of being able to kill a nigga. That I mean it, and I and I just don't know a better way to articulate it. But it is that fear that they're feeding with these bullets, and these bullets are taking our lives. So it's not uh, like I I think. The least we could do is try to have a um, some level of discourse where we can say, like, yes, I'm privileged, 
but I, but I, but I don't want that to be the end of my understanding. The, the, my main problem with the Mark Cuban shit is that people are treating honesty like a destination instead of a beginning on a journey to becoming a better person. Mm-hmm. Being honest is not the end result of this. Well, hey, I'm honest about my bigotry. Can we just pat me on the back? We're all bigots. No. You, no fucking special reward for you. No cookie for you. What I would like is I'm honest about it and I'm going to fucking change that. Okay? I'm in a I'm in a league that is mostly black. My players are mostly black. The fans of our that go to our to our store can buy Dallas Maverick hoodies. And I don't want to be scared of the fucking kids that buy a hoodie with my team logo on it. You know what I mean? Like that's like to me, that's where we need to be headed. Not well, I was honest, the end. Everybody should be patting me on the back for it. So, you know, but yeah, these conversations can get pretty bad because people do hit you with that. You privilege and then they don't want to hear shit you got to say. You know, check yeah. your privilege, shut the fuck up. Because they don't want to have a conversation. And well, they're hurt. That's true. It's not you don't want to have a conversation. People are hurt. You know what I mean? Like, that's one thing people don't understand about black people. So much of what we do is about expressing the pain of being hurt. Now, that's true, too. You know what I mean? Like, we just want to get it out. And, and it's there's dismissed. there's nothing you can do about it to assuage it. There's nothing you can do, even if you try. Like, the only thing that, like, one of the things that makes it worse is trying to acquit yourself. Why? Well, when my parents uh, did, we, we were poor, too. And we didn't. It's not the fucking same. Like, like, yeah, yeah, you were poor, but you can walk down your street in your neighborhood. You know what I mean? It's different. You know what I mean? You, you, you were poor, but you know, um, you, you've never like gotten pulled out of your car, had the dog sicked on your car to search for drugs when you've never smoked a weed a day in your life. You know what I mean? Like it's just, and, and I'm saying individual anecdotal situation, but I'm just saying these things add up for us. You know, yeah, you were poor, but they're not going to follow you around the store. Mm-mm. You know, there's there's just always these little things. And like I said, if you want to go to the broad statistics of it, we have proven certain things in this country. Like, well, you're black, so you're not going to be employed and it doesn't matter. You know, when the average black family makes $100,000 and they live or the average black family who makes $100,000 lives in the same neighborhood as the average white family that makes $30,000 a year. We're we're talking about something systematic. We're not talking about something individual that you can pick up on a recording. We're not talking about uh, one comment in Mark Cuban's interview. We're talking about an entire American foundation that is based on the backs of people that put in on this system and didn't get anything out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, and, and we're still the ones with targets on our back. They're undoing affirmative action right now. Yes, they are. And under the guise that it's all because black people just want to get, get a leg up, guys. Black people are the ones that, that right, affirmative action is the real racism now. The white people are the victims. Meanwhile, women benefit from affirmative action more than black people. But it's, it's become an only black issue. When I bring up affirmative action, the only thing you think about is black people. Like that, like these, these are the mental games that are manipulating people it today in 2014. So yeah, you, you're going to have these uncomfortable conversations. You might get call privilege depending on what you say. I didn't know what you said. I don't, I wasn't there. You might have said some privileged shit. Um, that being said, it's never going to further the conversation 
if you take offense to the fact that you were called privilege or if or if they shut you down by calling you privilege. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like not really a friendship if like if I can say like like I feel like I have friends I can be like, well, that's a privileged thing to say. And most of them, that the ones that I would say that to, I feel like would be like, they would at least think about it. They wouldn't just be like, fuck you, we're not going to talk. And vice versa. I would never say that to try to be like, well, now I don't want to hear your opinion. Because you're my fucking friend. I want to hear your opinion because we're friends. But it's going to be uncomfortable because the conversation is a fucking uncomfortable topic. Yeah, and, and it's a certain way uh, whenever you talk about these things that you have to approach it from both sides. And when I say you, you, both sides have got to be open up to having a conversation, you've got to be open up to hearing that person's pain. And the other person has got to be open to hearing that I might be coming from a place of privilege. If neither party is willing to hear the other party that's when the communication begins to break down and nothing gets accomplished. Right. I'm privileged. Like we all have certain privileges, you know, even people that we see in society as victims, there's situations where shit is, was is privilege. True. You know what I mean? Like, like me, um, there's situations where me being a black male absolutely helps me. I can go play ball at a park full of black people and they don't know that I got a college education. They don't know that uh, I came from a two-parent household. They don't know that I'm not from the immediate area sometimes or some or can't relate. And a lot of times they just look at me like, oh, cool. I like this dude. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I've done that for years, literally for years. But I've seen white dudes come to that court and they immediately, white boy. Hey, check the white boy. Who got the white boy? And it's because they're white dudes and you can't hide it in that situation. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, so I, there's privilege in different situations. Um, and I think if we're willing to admit that, then people would be less defensive about it. Like I, like I said, when I was talking to my boy Thursday, man, I had to like literally, I stopped him cause he was going on his, you know, this is the, my parents are this and my, my family is that and I don't have this type of resource and that. And I said, listen, you have to stop this or we can't have this conversation only because I want you to understand you're not on trial here. Yeah. I don't want you to feel like, like we're going to have this conversation. That's fine. But I want you to understand you don't even need to acquit yourself. Mm-mm. Me convincing one person of any of this shit wouldn't matter anyway. You don't have any power relative to the big issues we're going to talk about. So I want you to understand this is not to take away from anything you've earned in your lifetime. Nope. It's not to tell you that your what you your struggle is less. It's not even to say that. But we're gonna talk in some very broad terms about some very uh controversial shit. And some of this stuff is gonna be difficult to un to to talk about as long as you keep trying to personalize it. Yeah. You know, but I was like, you know, there you know, when I know for a fact that you know, they've done studies where it's just like we called with a resume and we will have a black person call and then we have a white person call and the black person never gets to call back. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, man, l- let's be honest, dog. Like, that's a real thing. That's a, that's a study that was proven. Like, we, like we can even have that conversation. We can talk about like 
your struggle to make money and you being the first person to go to college. And, you know, all the, it's like I'm not, you know, I'm not taking that away from you. I was the first person to go to four-year college in my family, you know, other than my aunt, Carolyn. But, you know, I was one of the first people of my generation and my family to be able to go to college like that. I don't bring it up often, you know, because I don't feel like it's that fucking special anyway. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, my story is way more of a black story for this generation of people because we didn't have this opportunity until the last couple generations. Yeah, we have. This is becoming more common for us because we're we're just being allowed in the door. So you know, I don't like. So it's like you. It's like I was talking to him. I'm like, well, you're kind of an anomaly for white people. You know what I mean? And I know you had to be raised like raised in situations where, uh, like, most people statistically get their job through someone they know. True. That's just that's how employment works in America. Someone you know. Now we're talking about social circles in America. We're talking about a, a a country that has had segregation 50 years ago. Even what circles socially would be available to the average poor black kid? Not a very big one. The social cir- the social circle that I'm relying on, if I'm a poor black kid, is the same one where they talk about crossing the street. But hey, I'm just being honest. Right? How the fuck am I relying on you to employ me when I can't even wear a hoodie in my personal life without you thinking I'm a fucking criminal? That's a very serious accusation and it's a huge hurdle for people to overcome. You know, um, when people uh, in the Ta-Nehisi Coast thing, we talked about white flight. One of the things he was saying was generating it. Um, a lot of real estate people were becoming rich by manipulating the real estate market, right? And this is one of those times where you're like, well, obviously, we all know that they, they fuck niggas. They still been fucking niggas over until 2014. Yeah, they got lawsuits. I'm talking about white people, though. These, what they would do is manipulate white people by using their racism and fear of black people. So if they wanted to lower the prices and get people to sell in a white neighborhood so that they could start selling the houses at a higher interest rate to black people, they would start having black mothers roll down the street with a stroller. Now, right, I know most people are probably thinking like, so scary about that. It's a mother with a, with a baby. Parent, white people see that and it's a completely different feeling. Up, oh, there True. goes the neighborhood. My house value is going to go down $2,500 immediately as soon as a black family moves in. Yep, so they pick up and move to a, so they move. They will, they will have people call white people's house in the neighborhood and ask to speak for a black person's name. Like, oh man, I speak to Emma Jean. Oh, oh, okay. I was just trying to speak to Emma Jean. Is this not her number? Okay, it must be the house over the, the street. It's like, oh God, the black people are moving in. We got to get out of oh, here. Oh, like they down the road number looking for them yeah, when they purposely call these people. And the thing is, white flight is makes a hundred percent sense. They're correct because where black people go, upward mobility does not go. That's so all of a sudden, the uh the same institutions that protect certain citizens they don't protect black people you know what i mean so now you know black people go to the neighborhood police don't want to go to the neighborhood as much true you know what i mean black people go to the neighborhood different laws start coming up different um you know uh uh a diff- there's a different level of money that they make there's a different level of money that it takes for them to pay for things 
So yeah. now I'm paying a higher interest rate on my house. I can't get my cabinets redone. I can't afford to get my lawn done uh by, you know, the same guy you get your lawn done by. Like it's certain things that drives down the value of, of your property. So they leave. Yeah. And they are just as much in that situation victimized yes. by the racism that is in our society because they're fleeing from something that's just a normal person. Mm-hmm. If that black person gets that house next to you, guess what? They fucking earn that house and they love that house. They want that house to be the best fucking house it can be more than you want your shit. But as long as they can convince you that that person is less than you, you'll fucking leave. You will leave. You feel like that person is worse than you and they're fucking up the neighborhood and it's time to go. And that didn't stop in 1960. Mm-mm. That still goes on in 2014. We just had a, um, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the rich people in our, in Charlotte, they live in Ballantyne, a section of our, our city. Um, because they live in the city, they're, they're subject to the same zoning laws as everyone else. Mm-hmm. So you have a certain amount of housing, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you need to have some public housing in your area. These motherfuckers threaten to annex themselves from the city. Now, you, Atlanta's done this, other cities done this. Now, you would think, like, okay, you can annex yourself from the city because you're on the outskirts. These motherfuckers are dead in, in the, the middle, middle of the city. city. They just want to have a different city where they can be like, we don't want anybody on public assistance in our housing period. That's it. And what do people think about people with public assistance? You think black people. Mm-hmm. They don't want black people there. Mm-mm. You know, race and class in, this, in America is so tied together. That's a black thing. They don't want black people in their neighborhoods. So it's, that's 2014. Not 1965, 1950, 2014. So the Mark Cuban comments bother a lot of us on a deeper level because the Mark Cuban comments basically are black people are scary. And that is so much of what the idiocy and the, um, uh, the stress in our lives comes from is this idea that I constantly have to overcome the, Hey, you don't have to be scared of me guys. I I'm just a black dude. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to, I'm not going to rob anybody. I'm not a criminal. I'm just a black dude, you know? And when you're constantly living in that bubble your whole life, it does, you know, it's really disappointing to hear somebody like Mark Cuban say that. And it's really disappointing to hear people give him props for saying, basically, we're all biggest and I'm no different. And, you know, and then everybody claps, you know, goes, what, what a brave thing to say. You know, I like so I think that's what it comes down to, man. Yeah. And and then also I feel like it's a way to tell the truth and be truthful. But a lot of times it's not uh, what you say is how you say it and how you present it. And you can present and tell anybody anything. And if you present it in a certain manner, you're going to get anger. And if you present it in another certain manner, we might construct a conversation. Yeah. I mean, one of the benefits and this is a privileged thing, but one of the benefits of being white in America you get to talk about race in an abstract kind of scientific academic way that I can't because it does affect me. And I'm not saying, I don't know if James White or not. I'm just saying in general. Um, one of the, one of the things that a lot of people have these issues with is, um, you know, like my, I had to, I have friends that I used to be on the email list with. Um, it's all white dudes, me and one Asian dude. Um, I told them to take me off the list because during the Trayvon Martin thing, they would try to talk about it 
like we were scoring points. Like it was a, like it was a, oh, what about this? This, I mean, technically they didn't say don't get out the car. They say we don't need you to get out the car. And I'm just sitting up here angry and disgusted. So like, I can't help but feel that way because, you know, I like that could be me. That could have been me. You know, that could be my brother. That could be, uh, you know, um, you know, a relative of mine. I can't disassociate myself because that's life for me. So I don't want to have the academic argue argument. I don't want to debate it like we're two panelists on Fox News. I don't want to even talk about it if that's your attitude. You do get the privilege of having that attitude and being able to say, well, this is just a thing to other that happens to other people, but not me. I don't get to have that privilege. And it's infuriating to talk to somebody that can even discuss it that cold heartedly so i, I told them not, i don't want to talk about it you know which is my right i didn't tell That's them they true. had to stop just mm-hmm. you don't have to talk to me about it you don't have the right to tell me about that shit if you guys want to discuss it amongst yourselves and you know debate it or whatever i i can't be objective about this shit so um you know there's so much and there's so much of that you know beneath the surface with a lot of our relationships um, especially these interracial like friendships and stuff. And I think people, um, can get fatigued. I think people hate to be told that they're wrong or that their feelings aren't as valid as the next person's feelings or whatever. But, um, you know, it, it, until we can get over that hurdle, then yeah, people are going to continue to lose friends. And one thing is you might, you might find out that you never really were friends because if you That's can't have true. these tough conversations, we're not really friends, Mm-mm. you know, and it's and it's all about how much does it matter to you? You know, how much does it matter to you to be that person's friend? Yeah, because it doesn't matter to me for some people, but for some people I'm like, no, nah, I want to talk through this. Yeah. And also when it comes down to it, a part of being a friend is knowing about that person and your race is a part of your identity and who you are and what makes you you. Right. And sometimes people try to gloss over that, but you can't gloss over that. Yeah. I just want to know, like, what am I supposed to um, just tell me as a black person who's um, educated, owns his own business, married, never committed a crime. What am I supposed to do to make? Why is it on me to make you feel comfortable about your bigotry? Why is it on me to not wear the same article of clothes that anyone else can wear? Because that immediately puts me in a category of criminal. And tell me how you would deal with that for your life. You see what I'm saying? When you put this shit on other foot, people are like, that's bullshit. Now I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be suspect number one because I wore a fucking hoodie tonight. Cause it was chilly. I gotta be suspect number one. No, man. It's, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, gonna acquiesce to that like that's right so um last email uh niggas can't catch a break by eric (laughs) prince Laurent. he says hi rod and karen i have lived in the boston cambridge area about a year and have been doing out been dining out more than when i was in the undergrad at fayetteville state something happened this week that has really soured my experience wednesday night i feel i felt like having breakfast for dinner shout out to nicole and dago so I went to IHOP at the Harvard Square. My waitress was Mexican and the best waitress I have ever encountered. She was patient with the, the entire time. Even when I was waffling constantly while making my order, my bill was 11.97. So I thought, so I threw a $20 bill on the table and walked out. 
Thursday night, I was taken out to dinner to celebrate at the end of the semester. The meal was sanctioned by Harvard. So we are being reimbursed for the meal. Of course, we ate at one of the high class restaurants in Cambridge. No one at the table had a meal that was less than $50. The waitress did her job. So I tipped $12, which is 21% of the cost of my meal. That amount being greater than the amount I tipped the best waitress I've ever had. Now, I have always been a little irked that the meal cost in the base of which a, a waitress tip, the meal cost is the base of what a waitress tip is determined. I've always ignored it because I did not want to go be that nigga complaining about tipping. But on Thursday night, I had an epiphany. The reason why it annoys me so much is that all of the high scale restaurants have largely white staff. I've only encountered one black employee during my time there. She was the hostess at the Cheesecake Factory, so that may be a reach. But the small dinners, the small diners and restaurant chains at Harvard Square are loaded with black and brown workers. I feel like there is a cutoff point where a restaurant is deemed too nice to have all these niggas up front. I apologize for the length of this email, but I thought you guys would have some insight on the subject. Keep up the great work. Prince Laurent, P.S. Bronco Pride. Yeah, that that really fit in exactly with what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. The restaurant probably is scared to have black people up front too much because there's an underline undercurrent of mark cuban attitude of oh this place isn't fine dining there's black people here yeah you may you may have one one hostess may Mm -hmm. um and even with that uh like i said because i've been in the restaurant industry i've worked at places where some of the waitresses would complain to the manager about the hostesses they was like why and and these were even some white women just like why all the hostesses have to be small skinny blonde like they would complain they was like um it's other hostess out there but it's one of those things where you want to get what's appealing what's appealing and appeasing to most people and you want to get someone that, that doesn't make people fear or afraid or make people have the assumption that you have a lot of black folks don't nobody care about the back of the house for those of you that, that don't know anything about restaurants when i say the back of the house i'm talking about like the cooking the dishwashing staff and all those people that's the back of the house nobody care about them people because most people don't see those people there because also it, it, it could be black folks mexican they don't care who's back there it's the front of the house, which is like your hostess, your waitresses, and, and your bartenders and things like that. They want to make it as friendly, and they want to make it to the point to where people don't come in and just assume that it's just a bunch of niggas everywhere. <coughs> yeah. I mean, as long as, like I said, race and class are tied in America. So, yeah, there's going to be a certain amount of people that are like, well, if um, we have uh, – if you have uh, too many black people in this establishment – then um it must be low class you know but i mean not that that makes anything right you know obviously it's not but um i think that may be where some of the feeling comes from um personally man i don't really do the fine dining thing often anyway um no, i don't but i can i can I've kind of, oh, go ahead no problem I've, i can kind of almost to an extent depending on where you go you can almost tell the difference when you kind of walk into a lot of the quote unquote fine dining places and it's been places that are quote unquote not fine dining where I've had, like you say, better service, just flat out just better service than I have at the at a lot of the finer dinings because a lot of times, depending on who you come with, how many is in your party, or if it's maybe just me and you and Roger, we've been at places where it's quote unquote been finer dining and have got terrible ass service because they figure out these niggas ain't gonna tip. So, you know, you have to deal with that perspective also. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I think that um, in general, um, cl- that that might be the feeling that you're having uh, from from the situation. But 
you know i wouldn't um like I said, I don't eat out at the finest places. I just try to find places that fit with my vibe. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a chill, laid back person. I understand y'all did that for, you know, just for the fact that, heart, you know, your school was paying for it and whatnot. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, me personally, man, I'm way more of a, um, uh, like, you know, I, I'm way more of a local type of joints place. So I don't know, man. I, 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 I mean, yeah, that's probably it. It's probably just, hey, we don't think the clientele would come here if we just had a bunch of black people up front. Um, anyway, that's kind of a depressing place to end it. We'll be back, uh, next week. Um, yes. uh, so we'll, so depending next, on how much feedback we get throughout the week, we yeah. may do a feedback show. Um, um if not, it'd be Sunday then. Yeah, if not, we'll just be Sunday. Uh, I'm scheduled to be on some other podcasts this week. I think Firestarter. Um, there's a 24 podcast recap that Brandon does Tuesday nights for Where's My 40 Acres, so I'm expecting to be on that. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll be around. Uh, but yeah, gonna take a week off from the show. And, uh, you guys enjoy your Memorial Day, man. Yes, with your family and your friends. Go cook out. Uh, yeah. invite people of different races, have these discussions. Um, and don't, don't hurt nobody. All right? Oh, don't be fighting over no card games. No, yeah. no fighting over talking 21, a yeah. big whiz, a spade. No fighting y'all. No stabbings over 21, over, uh, over, uh, spades now. Yeah. You know, the rule of thumbs, folks get too drunk, you know, do your eye contact and get the hell out of there. Cause it won't end well. Yep. All right. Well, until next week, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>